I'm Marco Werman, and this is The World, a co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. It took a year and a half of tough negotiations and 23 drafts, but the American and Afghan governments have finally inked a tentative deal on the role of U.S. forces in the country after 2014. The agreement commits Washington to help defend Afghanistan for at least 10 years after the last American combat troops leave the country. The U.S. is also pledging not to attack any other country from Afghan soil while continuing to support development and human rights there. One other key part of Afghan life that will need support in coming years is the environment. 30 years of nearly constant war and upheaval have taken a huge toll on the country's environment. The cost has been especially high in Kabul, where in recent years the city's air has been almost as deadly as the war. Here's the world's Laura Lynch. On a Kabul side street, a driver fires up an old truck and gets ready to head out onto the city's clogged boulevards. The tangle of traffic that knots up downtown Kabul almost every day is one of the few hints of the invisible killer stalking the city. Another is the large number of pedestrians who cover their faces with masks or scarves. Shamshula is one of them, unmasking only to answer a question. He says he covers his face because of the dust and pollution to try to ward off illness. And he has real reason to worry. The Afghan government estimates air pollution is responsible for 3,000 deaths every year in Kabul. That's nearly as many as the number of civilians killed here last year as a result of the ongoing war. Vehicles are a big part of the problem. Most of the tens of thousands that choke the city's roads are old, run on dirty, leaded gasoline, and have dodgy exhaust systems. They also drive over a lot of unpaved roads, kicking up clouds of dust. And all these polluting cars are crammed into a city that's badly overcrowded. Gula Mohammed Malikyar is a senior advisor at Afghanistan's Environmental Protection Agency. He says Kabul's population of 5 million is five times too big. Kabul is built for maximum 1 million population. It's a very, very limited city and mountainous city. During the past 30 years, people from rural area migrated to city because of security or education or other purposes. Malikyar says the city's swelling size has led to other sources of pollution. People build illegal homes, then use diesel generators to power them. Those who can't afford a generator will burn tires, plastic bags, or other garbage as fuel. The result is a nearly permanent smoky haze over the city. As recently as the 1980s, Kabul was known for its crystal-clear air and spectacular views of the snow-capped mountains that rise up around it. Malikyar is saddened by the fact they're rarely visible these days. Of course, I was a child here and I raised in this situation. And I was involved in environmental protection since 1992. So from that time to now, I, I see that the, the, the changes, much changes. Those changes have a human cost. <coughs> Dr. Nasitar Zanakse is seeing an increasing number of patients like Noor Ahmad. Ahmad came to Dr. Zanakse's Kabul clinic after feeling ill for weeks. Ahmad says he's been coughing so much he's been unable to sleep at night. According to Afghanistan's health ministry, cases involving respiratory problems tripled between 2005 and 2011 to nearly 500,000. 
and a 2006 report from the United Nations Environment Program found that even then, 60% of Kabul residents were exposed to high concentrations of dangerous particulate matter, nitrous oxide and sulfur dioxide. Dr. Zanakse says even as his list of patients grows, he doesn't see any real efforts to tackle the problem. Sometimes as a doctor, we will think, okay, uh, this is sad for us, but uh, there is no way to, to solve uh, the problem and okay, to how to control the disease. In fact, the government is making at least some effort to solve the problem. It's tried to ban older cars with damaged exhaust systems, and it's proposed emission standards for vehicles and industry. Last year, it even started closing government offices an extra day every week to try to reduce traffic. Still, the EPA's Ghulam Mohammed Malikyar says there's one critical part still missing. Of course, uh, the political will and political support is very low. Not surprising, perhaps, in a country torn apart by decades of war and facing many more immediate challenges than an enemy that's not easy to see. Still, Malikyar says it means there's not nearly enough money to tackle the problem. Recently, for example, Kabul installed a new air quality monitoring station. But Malikyar says the city would need 10 more to do the job properly. For The World, I'm Laura Lynch, Kabul. Traffic jams Kabul-style, we have a slideshow of Kabul streets filled with dirty, leaded gasoline-fueled cars. That's at theworld.org.